late night whenever. Please give it up for Michelle Buto. Rob Lewis, everybody. Oh my God, how you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well too, thanks for asking, bitch. It's been a good day, it's been a good run. This is so much fun doing the show. Yeah, it's great. Ain't it? And you're doing great. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I remember I had um, this job in college working retail, and I thought I was like cute at it because, you know, I had freckles, I was friendly. And, and it was like commission too, which is fucking tell You ever worked a commission job? Oh, you see everybody's fucking colors. I'd be like, how you doing? And they'd be like, just look. And I'm like, I said, how you doing? I'm like, oh, maybe the same for me. And I remember my boss at the time, the manager, he was like, find a job you love so it never feels like work. So I quit the next day. <laughs> Thank you for the advice, sir. You know what I mean? And I think it's also funny how like your, your career, your job defines who you are sometimes. Like I remember playing house when I was little and I just like love my mom's shoulder pads and her sneakers. I'm like, I can't wait to go to work. Like I just wanted to be like the ethnic friend and working girl. <laughs> cool, I feel like we're all connecting right away. In five minutes, I'm not gonna be holding in my stomach anymore. Fucking podcast, what I gotta hold in my stomach for? I don't know you motherfuckers. I don't owe you shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought I wanted an office job when I was little because my parents made it look so cool because they were so tired all the time. I was like, that's a good look. <laughs> then they started taking me to work and I was like, this is terrible. Y'all eat with everybody at the same time out of like a plastic bowl from a microwave? Get the fuck out of here. So sorry if Lean Cuisine is one of our sponsors, but I gotta say it. And um, when I was in college, I went to school in Miami because I just wanted to be around people that look like me. And it was so wild because I went to Florida International University and international wasn't even the word. Oh my God, everyone's like, your English is so good. I'm like, oops. Um, <laughs> and I remember I wanted to be a journalist because I love storytelling, so I want to be a journalist. And I remember my um, professor at the time, this Cuban dude, he was just like, to be honest, you're too fat to be on camera. You could laugh at that. Oh, this is, what a mixed bag. <laughs> Someone started, wow, like, Super Soul Sunday type shit. Another person was laughing at my pain. I mean, that was polarizing as fuck. <laughs> All right. But I remember just like at 18, I was just thinking, oh, he's my elder. He knows what he's talking about. I, there was no one that looked like me on TV. Um, I didn't go into journalism, but I got into editing. I was like, let me just get into production real quick because I just wanted a job that it felt like every day was different. And I remember I used to work the overnight shift and I was like really too cute for the overnight shift. <laughs> oh, that shit was terrible. It was terrible, and they made me a supervisor in 2.2 seconds. They're like, oh my God, she is happy and she's creative. I was like, I was drunk, but cool. <laughs> and I remember when I started comedy, I was also working the overnight shift, so I would like go do two comedy shows at night. 
and then go work at NBC right afterwards. And that shit was like a fucking hustle and a half. And I would do that shit like in heels too. Like what the fuck? Fucking my toes up for who? <laughs> Subway steps and heels, Rob. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> so anyway, I used to do a lot of shitty shows when I was coming up. And one of these shows, I would, it was in Queens. And it was like fucking terrible. And I would do this thing at the end of the show where I would like give away a gift to somebody in the audience, like just something like janky out of my fucking coffee table or my junk drawer. And that's why I call myself the no budget Oprah. I'm like, I gotta give him something. <laughs> like birthday candles or some shit, like whatever the fuck it was, it was just funny. And I took my mom, um, she visited me from Miami and I took her to this show, this fucking janky ass show in Queens because I was so proud of it. And she was like, why? <laughs> why you do this? You went to college, you know who your dad is. I was like, ma, stop. Ma, stop. <laughs> This is good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden at the show, like my mom was like sitting in the corner, just drinking hot Chianti, trying to figure it out. And there was this dude in the audience who was super, super drunk. And he was like, where's my gift, bitch? And then he started heckling me. And this is before I realized what I could do to a heckler. And he's like, where's my gift, you fat bitch? I was like, keep it moving. I was like, sir, I'm so sorry. I don't have your gift. A drunk guy, I was still trying to be polite. I'm like, sir, I'm so sorry. I don't have a gift for you, grown man. And then I got off the stage and then like my mom was just like, let's get a drink. But he kept yelling at me and kept coming for me. And all of a sudden my quiet ass, you met my mom, mm -hmm. cute little Catholic mom just gets up out of her seat. She rips her coat off. She's like, why you shut the fuck up, motherfucker? <laughs> Shout out Miss Marie. Yeah, that's Miss Marie for your ass. And then she had Bailey's and her hot chalk, and she's like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> she was so fun. She was lit. She's like, let me get two cherries. I was like, oh shit. Two cherries is turn up time, Marie. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, oh, you need to handle yourself. You ever had a job? You're just like, hell nah. Shit, uh, man. I only had one nine to five in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. You've been doing music the whole time. I mean, you know, you know, how, I, so I went to school for it. Yeah. You know, up in Boston. Um, and you know, you have that thing where you're like, my talent is going to work for me. That's how I'm going to make money. That's how yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. Ha I didn't have that for a while, but that's such yeah, a great Yeah, but then thing. real life hit and shit. And then, you know, you got to go get a real job. So I went to go work at, I don't even know how to say it, All Bomb Pan. What is that? The, yeah. How the fuck? Is that how you say how it? How you say All Bomb Pan? It's like Don Quixote. What's that? That shit, look, that shit say All Bomb Pan to me. That's what it's so, All Bomb Pan. Yeah. All Bomb Pain, whatever. <laughs> anyway, my drummer got me a job because he knew, well, I just had Robbie. So I just had my oldest son. Okay. All right. And um, when you're a musician and you're like doing things and I had done, I had to tour it already and I had done all these things. Uh, it's really humbling to have to Service industry is no Straight joke. Up. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be at the register or I'm going to do something real cool. Or nah, they was like, <laughs> yo, we got a job for you. Why don't you stand in the front uh, where we got this new bread, this Asiago cheese bread. <laughs> and we want you to stand at the front and just say, would you like to try a piece of Asiago cheese bread? Would you like to try our new Asiago cheese bread? No, why'd yo, they do you like a Walmart reader? Yeah. And, and I learned a valuable lesson. I learned that people don't like free shit. 
Mm. People don't like nothing free. They don't, they don't believe in free because everybody would walk past me. They would walk past, I would say, have some bread. Good morning. Have some bread. And they would just keep walking. And I quit after four days. Yeah. Shit. And I promised I would never have to do anything Did like that. Did you quit? Ever again. I you quit. were like, this Asiago shit ain't working out? And you just like left? Nah, I left. I never came back. In fact, I had a check for that week and I never went to go pick up the check. And I needed that check. And I needed it. Damn, but, but your yeah, pride my, was my bigger. My pride was like, yeah, just let that be a lesson that you don't ever want to be there. So wait, do you fuck with Asiago bread? I don't fuck with Asiago. I don't fuck with Asiago anything. Oh, fuck. I can't. I want you to come over to my house and slip some Asiago in there and see if you start to tear up. Oh, that was a good story. We got more show for you, motherfuckers. Yes, we got more show for you, motherfuckers. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for my first guest. Um, she's in the new movie, I Feel Pretty. And you can watch her stand-up special, Pizza Mind, on Amazon. She also has a monthly show called Party Time, which I've done. It's super fucking fun. Please give it up for my boo, Shashir Zameda! Shashir! I love you. Shashir, you look good, honey. Thank you. You look good, too. I mean, I'm trying. You're doing great. You're succeeding. You know what I like about Shashir, everybody? She's a good concert hang because she'll spend the extra 150 for the good seat. <laughs> Another broke bitch in the front. <laughs> and, um, well, I don't want to talk about drugs, but let's just say we have a good time. We have a good time, yeah. We, yeah. I like to, yeah, I try to be responsible. I like to, like I went to Berlin years ago mm -hmm. and it was uh, so fun because we you would like meet strangers and then be like, we're gonna take care of each other. We are going to take care of each other. Yeah. So it's like, you're thirsty? Great, we're all gonna go to this room, get some water. Yeah. Uh oh, someone left their jacket in the other room. Let's all go to this room, get that yeah, jacket. Yeah, safety you know? numbers. You, mm -hmm. got, you gotta act like it's fucking The Walking Dead or a horror movie. Yeah, no one can be left behind. No man left behind. Yeah. P.S. I'm always just like, do people ever pee in a horror movie or The Walking Dead? They never stop to take a shit. Like, the, ap the apocalypse would just make me so irregular. Maybe they just pee on themselves, like while Oof. they're running. Oh my God, I can't handle the truth. <laughs> when they do those runs, they always look for cans of food, but never adult diapers. No, and they should. I'm just saying, if anyone from A&E <laughs> is listening, um, <laughs> So wait, tell me about the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I Feel Pretty. It's out now. Uh, yeah. Check it out. And it's a, it's a romantic comedy, but it's more about, like, oh, Jesus. it's about self-love and self-confidence, and um, it's a transformation movie, like, big, but uh, there's actually no physical transformation. It's really, like, from within. And, yeah, I think it's, I think people are going to like it. I think people are going to leave the theater feeling good about themselves. And I love that. And I come off really well in the movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> You should That's see all it. that matters. <laughs> yeah. You're a soul cycle instructor. Yeah. I can't even say instructor. it. Instructor. <laughs> a soul cycle instructor. You've tried saying that shit. Soul cycle instructor. Oh my God, I can't <laughs> More Prosecco. Uh -huh. Soul cycle instructor. Basically, I'm at the front desk of the soul cycle. And um, I'm there for when Amy hits her head and goes through her mental transformation. Okay. And it was very fun. I mean, 
we improvise a ton on set, oh, which I just prefer. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And they use my lines in there, which which I'm always like, yes. <laughs> I get off on it. I'm like, could you use my stuff? <laughs> um, Do you ever feel like oh, I should get paid like a writing credit for fucking improving? No, because it's like you know a collaboration. Like I I appreciate that they give me the space to do that. So it just feels good that I was even a part of it and able to add something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If I had like added a whole scene of dialogue, then I'm like, give me my coin. But yes. Yeah. Have you been to Soul Cycle actually? I have not. Oh, I've been to Soul Cycle. Yeah. You I like? go with Francesca Ramsey a lot. And it's like, I really just appreciate um, black girls that work out on a Friday night <laughs> because it's like, you just don't give a fuck about getting your hair wet. Yeah. I like dance classes or like things that trick me into exercising. Oh. Or like uh, sports, like I play volleyball. Where it's like, oh, this is just fun, and also I'm I'm exercising at the same time. Yes, like sex. Yeah. <laughs> there was a study that um, that was like, uh, if you think that whatever you're doing is exercise, it will your body will kind of think that. Like they saw they met a bunch of like cleaning ladies in a hotel or something, and they're like they asked them, is what you're doing on a daily basis like you know, bending over to fold sheets, picking up this and that, moving this and that. Is that exercise? And they're like, no. And then they were like, and then they told them it is exercise. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess it is. And then like they studied their behavior for like the next week or so and they did lose weight because they just believed that what they were doing was exercise. Well, I believe sitting and drinking and talking. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I'm feeling the burn right now. Oh, let me blink harder. Mm. Mm. Working up a sweat. Wait, I love this bit about, because I saw your stand-up special, it's so funny. I love this bit you have about razors. Oh, yes. And shaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Details. Yeah, it's... uh, Let them know. I have this bit we're talking about um, why women shave their hair. And I did research because, because I was like, I, I turned 30 and I was like, why am I still shaving my hair? I'm not yeah. going into surgery every month. Like, who is this for? And right. I looked it up. It started in the early 1900s because razor companies weren't making enough money selling razors to men. So they started advertising to women. And they basically negged us into doing it. They put all these print ads that were like, you'll die alone. You'll be a spinster. You'll be stinky. You'll be ugly if you don't shave your hair. And it worked. Like we and then and you know we still do it even though it's not it's never been necessary never they don drapered us mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um you met one of my icons Beyonce I did meet Beyonce <laughs> yeah I met how'd it her. go down tell me everything what she smell like oh my god heaven no I didn't. we our faces did touch though because um. <gasps> I just I got know. the goose. My knees just got oink. We, I asked her if we could take a picture, and she's like, "Sure." And we like, wait, where, where? This was at the oh. SNL 40th anniversary. Oh, yes, so, and uh, it was like the after party. Oh, was there like a buffet? <laughs> there was a buffet. Did they have like a carving station? I, I'm pretty sure they did. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Love that little red lamp. <laughs> what were you wearing? Did you get a stylist, or you were just like, "This is these are my clothes"? We all looked great because um, the costume department of the show dresses 
all of the cast whenever we have like a big event. So oh, that's good. they picked our dress like maybe a week before and I had this beautiful gold dress. I can't remember the brand, but it was like sleeveless and then um, high neck. Yeah, you like, got a gun show going on over there. I do. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I saw her and I, I was like, hi, I'm Sashir. And she goes, I know. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, can we take a picture? And she said, yeah. And then my boyfriend is standing by with the phone ready, like a good man. Good for Just him. Good man. Good. Oh. Good boy. Good boy. Yeah. I and hope so he, he touched his dick. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely a lot. And uh, <laughs> he deserved it. He earned it. And he, so he was taking the picture and we, we stood next to each other and her face touched my face. And I was like, oh. I felt like, I was like, I am Sasha Fierce. Like, I just <laughs> got in my soul. Yes. And it felt good. So then what? I had to walk away because she was where she was. And I was like, oh, I have to yeah, yeah, yeah. excuse myself out of your orbit. Yeah, good for you orbit. for understanding when to leave. Yeah, it's Motherfuckers important. don't know how to read the goddamn room. Yeah. You got mm-hmm. to go. Other people want to talk to her. Yeah. There was like a line behind me. How many pictures did he get? I think a couple. But there's this one in particular that's like perfect. So I have that one. Where is it? It's on my Instagram <laughs> from 2000. Whatever, or, but you need to print it and put it somewhere. I did. Yes! More wishes share when we come back! Late night, whatever. Next guest, so you know you move down, and she comes out, and then we do the whole thing like a yeah, real talk show. Yeah, do you do it right now? Or no, no, I, no, I gotta bring her out first. I was gonna wait for. T- okay, give her a hug, oh, no. and then yes, do a yes, move. we should definitely move. Yes, yes. you want me? Wait, I'm sometimes stu- people don't know. I gotta mm-hmm. let them know. I know. I, know. I've okay. watched talk shows. Oh, see, you fucking know. I know. <laughs> so excited for my next guest. She's an Emmy Award-winning actress. She has been in everything. You loved her in The Leftovers, and now she's back for another season of Handmaid's Tale and So excited. Thank you for doing my, my show. My pleasure. Now, I thought Lydia was tough. I've been hearing you out there. The language is brilliant. Fuck every other word. Yes. Fuck that. They can't hold me down. Oh, I love that. Okay. So, season two of The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Based on a book by Margaret Atwood. I'm so out of breath. Published in 1985. I wasn't even born yet. Well, I was. <laughs> So was I am old as fuck. And, um, She's so good at it. <laughs> and uh, can you just... What a fabulous audience. They're oh my so God. good. We pump the room up with oxygen like it's a casino in Vegas. <laughs> Only we have clocks. Now, um, can you describe your character, Aunt Lydia? Well, you know, I would say she loves her girls and feels that her job is to make sure they understand the world they need to live in and what the rules that need to be followed. If you want a life, here's how it goes. Whoever damaged her early on, I don't know the answer there. But I think she's entirely invested in the girls and their well-being. 
and whatever it takes, because this is not, this is a world in which pollution has all of God's gifts destroyed. The earth, babies, the promiscuity, the language, no God in their lives, nothing. To her, it's so extremely off Mm -hmm. that in order to right that balance, she goes to the other extreme. I think it's fascinating that you could play such a crazy character, but it sounds like you are so non-judgmental of this crazy woman. Well, those are the rules in acting. The minute you judge, it's like a friendship. You're the worst, but could we be friends? The answer is basically no to that. Mm. So what you learn over time is, let's have a look here. Wow. And imagine whatever she's doing, she has a reason for it. Do you use that in life as well? I try, but my children go, "Mm mm-mm, no. (laughs) But my children are beautiful, my husband. You know how that is, right? We love them. But I love that it's striking a chord right now. Why do you think that is? Okay, so I don't know the answer to that question, actually, but Mm -hmm. I think the story is close enough and far enough away, just that middle place, Mm. where you'd like to say, because it's not historical fiction, actually. It's fiction. However, you place it in this time slot yes. with the strange individuals that surround us and uh, are in power mm-hmm. and you think, ooh, could but not yet. It's that place, do you know, where you think yes. it's going to have to take hold it's of that. It's the sunken place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. So, I used to edit the news back in the Dizay and I remember um, that's the day. <laughs> And I remember um, seeing all these terrible images that I had to um, edit and put together. And um, I would have nightmares about it at night because it just stayed with me. And you have a lot of tough scenes. Do you ever get nightmares? Uh, This sounds really kind of cold, but it is fiction, thank God. And when I go home at night, no one's lost an eye or or a digit. uh, And I didn't hit anyone or frighten anyone that I know of. Although I will say, you know, season one, we had the lovely handmaids who are uh, extra, I don't like that word, um, background actors. And, and we don't have a show without them. Mm-hmm. And can I just say about Canada, cold, mm. <laughs> uh, rainy, often, yeah. they never once complained. They never said, you know what, this is not what I signed up for. Whatever it took, they were there. So in the beginning, I wondered if they had gotten hold of the text. No. So I would like to scare them just a little Uh, If someone would look away, we'd be in the classroom, and then one of them would sort of get bored looking away, and down would come the cattle prod, and the poor little thing would jump straight out of her skin. (laughs) Or I'd say, excuse me, you in the red. You in the red! And next thing you know, it was just kind of fun. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. And then then afterwards, you'd go up and say, hi, sweet girl. This is all, you know, we're pretending. You understand that. None of this is real. So at the end of the day, you know, you put it all out there. It's 15 hours. And you go home, you think, thank you. I'll have my little martini. Yes. And I will sleep soundly. Ugh. And that's how it goes. I should Jesus. have nightmares. I don't. Yes. Now, do your kids watch the show? Well, uh, my daughter watches. She's 19. Okay. Oh, because sometimes I'm like, husband, if you don't take the garbage out, don't make me get Aunt Liddy on that ass. <laughs> Hey, you know, I've tried that with my children. I can go to that tone. I, I, can, I can say, what do I see on the floor in that room? And then my kids will say, I don't know, what do you see, Mom? But you know, it's like, we're not going there, so uh, move on. Uh, my little one who's here is 13. Trusty, where are you, buddy? Right here, Mom. Hi, sweet boy. Oh, my God, hi, boo. I've my been saying so too. much filthy stuff. 
love. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. I didn't know there was a young mind here. Yeah. Well, well we... this is the other class, honey, you don't get in school. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. Ooh. What he comes home with. He's got a little, uh, I wouldn't say PhD, darling, and a cursor too. Kidding. Very well behaved, very well mannered. Right, sweet boy? Oh, that's so sweet. But he doesn't watch Handmaids. Okay. He wants to, but I think, mm. Yeah, no, you should definitely take your time with that one. I'm going to give it a minute. Okay. You have two Emmy nominations and one win. You won an Emmy front, Lydia. I'll never get I, over it telling you right now. I, um, I cry every time I watch your speech. Did you write it before you go? Like, how do, I don't know how that works. Well, here's the wonderful thing about a publicist such as Adam. He <laughs> said to me two weeks before, you know, you're not predicted to win. I thought, oh, disappointment. But then I thought, good, you can go and relax. Because your first impulse when you get in the door is to flee. Yeah. Because the chaos is beyond. But sitting there and I saw Stephen Colbert come out and I thought, oh, where does he get that confidence? Never saw such a thing. You know, happy to be there, millions of people. And then I thought... He's a my, smart white man. Of uh, course, he's got confidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically what he was made for. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I have no comment there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and I yeah. thought to myself, well, honey, you're not getting out of your seat, so don't worry about it. Uh, Literally. I said, so you can relax, because you're not going to be getting up there. Then the category came up, and I turned to my husband, and I said, is this our category? He said, yes, it is. I'm thinking, okay, we're walking the plank, and let's just get it done. Wait, did you have butterflies? No, no, I, I was a train wreck inside. Okay. And then my name, and I can honestly tell you, I have never felt such shock and gratitude at the same time. Mm. I wish you could have a moment like that. Mm. Everybody in this room, honestly, regardless of the job, whatever you do, and someone says, come here, honey, stand up here for a minute, and I'm going to say thank you, good job. You know what I'm saying? And I hope everybody... Uh, but, I mean, really, ah. and everyone deserves it. Do you know what I'm saying? Everyone deserves it! I just... I know. I'll move on from this. No, no, it's great. But you know what I'm... Those are real tears. Well, what I'm yeah, saying real is... tears. <laughs> no, it's so beautiful, and you're so right, because people just really work so hard. That's the thing. And they I, never get a thank you. Seriously, that no, runs no. through Did, your That mind. leads me to my next question. Everybody. You said a lot in your interviews that you struggled with not making it when you were younger, and then I also read somewhere that you had a voice in your head say, it won't happen until you're 56. Yeah. What? Okay, going to wait on tables. Let's just get real on that. Uh, black pants, white shirt... So feminine, black tie. And I was walking, this is in Chicago, and I looked over as I was going to work and I saw limousines. It was the premiere for About Last Night and my classmate, Elizabeth Perkins, was starring in it. And I'm going to wait on tables. Mm -hmm. So I got through the shift, came home, and I literally was weeping. My husband, my dear husband, would leave the premises when I would go through these moments. And I was just saying, what is going on? Why so long? Come on. Mm -hmm. And I was really in a rage and weepy and annoying. And I'm telling you, the deepest calm voice from I don't know where, and it was, this was what it said. It's all going to be fine. You will be in your 50s. You will be 56. Now, instead of being gracious and saying, wow, never had that before, I said, 50s, I won't have it. <laughs> Furious! How dare you! And ranting, raging. I'm not waiting till I'm thirty. And then, uh, when I was fifty-six, I did compliance, and from there, so I don't know. 
Listen to those little voices. Yeah. They'll give you a peace of mind unless you're an idiot and say, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's always like a little voice saying like, um, you can do it. Do you have yeah. that too, Shashir? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like, um, you're doing great. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. You know what? In the green room beforehand, I know she's going out in two minutes. I'm thinking, why is she so calm and stunning? Yeah. What's going on here? She couldn't yeah. be more beautiful. She was totally composed, carrying on conversation, then walking out. And then I'm watching her thinking, gosh, does that girl have a nervous bone in her body? No. Is that right? I do, but it's a small one. <laughs> well, I'm big boned, so, so I got number big bones. Um, this industry, I feel like, is so looks driven, which is why I have a podcast. But um, except you're gorgeous, so we can move on from thank there. You. We're all gorgeous. Thank you. And you said one time, and I'm just paraphrasing, that the most beautiful thing is an aging face. Oh, I think so. You know, you look in the mirror, and it's like, I earned that. Hello. Mm. You know, we're raising our children. We're trying to make our lives a meaningful life. And that's sometimes costly. I mean, there's meditating and there's yoga, neither of which I do. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to, so I so want to. Uh, and then there's that gym, you know, where go and get it out. I was like, yeah, I will just as soon as I... <laughs> Um, but I don't know. I, I have no issue with it. I think aging is underrated profoundly. I agree. What about Shashir? You have this I know. great. No wrinkle on her face. She's annoying me now. I know. <laughs> but Shashir, you have this great joke about how Hollywood never knows how old black women are. That's why Gabrielle Union's always working. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, she's been like a teenager for decades. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's true. Like, I've definitely been out for parts where it's like, you're a, you're a young grandma, or like, you're a high school student. Like, no one can tell. <laughs> ever. That and, hasn't happened to me. No. The joke came because my mom is starting to act and, uh, and doing well. Like oh, she that's so wow. great! Yeah, she's already booked a few commercials. Yeah. <laughs> she's hot stuff in Indiana. And... Uh, <laughs> And so my, like, when she was telling me this, I was like, oh my gosh, how wonderful. I'm so glad she's doing something that she loves. And then part of me was also like, I don't want her to take my parts. Because <laughs> I know we're going to be at the same audition for something. Oh, that's hilarious. Speaking of which, I hate auditioning. I mean, I do it because I have to, obviously. I, I put on the tap dance shoes and I make it happen. But um, I just feel like, how do you uh, earmuffs, 13-year-old son? No, he's heard it. He's heard it? He's heard it. Auditioning for someone and them understanding who you are in, in 30 seconds or less, it's like for a woman orgasming the first time you have sex. It's impossible. <laughs> Is he okay hearing that? He won't discuss it with me, but I think he's aware of the situation. Perfect. <laughs> Back to the auditions. Do you guys have any... Horrible audition story. I love horrible audition stories. I had a commercial audition for a diaper company, and uh, I had to hold a baby. Now, and I was like, that won't happen until I book it. But for the audition, we're all holding someone else's baby, and the mom was, you know, Hawkeye in the corner, like, you better not drop my baby. <laughs> and I had to like... Hawkeye, that's hysterical. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. Also, she was gorgeous. So I was like, why isn't she just doing this? But I... <laughs> 
And so I'm holding this baby, probably very awkwardly, and the casting director behind the camera is like, tell me why you like kids. And I'm like, I love kids, because they're just the best, and they smell great. And I'm like, oh, please don't drop this baby. <laughs> also, don't drool on my good shirt. It's just like, so many emotions holding this baby. And I was also just like, I look like this baby's older sister. I don't want to do this. But right. I also want the money. It I sucks. know. Did, Did you get it? The money? No, I didn't get it. Didn't love that baby enough, huh? I didn't. I rarely book anything off, off an audition. I've maybe booked like five things off of auditions. And uh, I booked one commercial. And it was really because I was being myself. Because they truly were like, what's your deal? What do you do? And I was like, I'm poor. I'm a comedian. I'm trying my hardest. Is that what you want? <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And then I booked it. <laughs> and any, I mean... Oh, there are so many, but uh, I have my issue in the beginning of the career is that I couldn't get two words out. I just literally couldn't talk, the nerves. And my manager got me an audition for Philadelphia, which was a Jonathan Demi film. Oh, wow. Uh, Tom Hanks, you know, the first yes. huge. And I said, okay, great. And you know those days when you can't, you're, you're in, you're not outward. Mm -hmm. You could just stay home and you don't want to talk to a soul mm -hmm. because you don't have it. It was an incredibly humid day in New York City. I said, girl, you have got to snap out of this. Mm. So I walked there. I'm saying hello to perfect strangers. How are you? And they're like, you know, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> but you stay over there. I'm not kidding you. I was just trying to engage just to get out of myself. Hi. And truly, people were like, good, good. And, and so finally, I got there. I walked. It was like an hour in the heat. And I had a little baby. My little boy was like three or four months old. Wow. And so I got there and I realized I haven't solved that problem. Still inward. Nothing to say, nothing to do. And so I walked in. I thought, well, just accept it. You're going to be boring and dull. And that'll be it. Walked into the audition. Howard Feuer, great casting agent, who, you know, allowed me to come in. And so I came in. We sat down. Jonathan Demme, his producer. Oh, God. Nothing from me. No words. So that silence in the room when you think, hang me. Hang me, stab me, any word that comes to mind, violent towards self. <laughs> and so, so Howard Fewer said, so, stepping in, Anne has had a baby, so she has a young baby, so you can talk about babies till the cows come home. There's a billion, billion stories to tell about cute babies. This is what I said. Yes, he stood up in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not oh, kidding no. you. It was so bad, and so everyone took a moment to say, ah, oh, this was so bad. And Howard Fewer said, let's get right to the scene. And there's fire coming out and steam out of his shoes, like get her out of the room as fast as possible. So I read the scene, I think it went okay. I went straight to a payphone. I said, Marsha, agent, I know you tried hard and I'm so sorry, but I, I just kicked it to the ground and then stepped on it. I got home, and I'm not kidding, it was so bad. Uh, I got home, I played, you know, how the message machine then, not the phone. And, and here's my, my agent. I think you got it. You got it. You have to go meet Tom Hanks tomorrow. They're going to see if you, if you guys look like family, brother and sister. It's like, what? 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 Uh-huh. So I go the next day. I'm not kidding you. So we met, we talked. They cast me. I, I said, yep. Well, wait till you hear Listen to this. So I'm playing Tom Hanks' sister. And that would only be... Uh, you know, phenomenal people all around. And I said to Marsha, why do you think they cast me? She said, well, I did find out, actually. I thought, well, I better sit for this. And she said, when, they, when you did the audition and you talked to them, they thought, you know what? She's only going to be a housewife and a mother at home. She's never going to be a doctor. 
never going to be a lawyer. Never going to be, because no personality. <laughs> no, I, th- I'm sorry, that went south, but... <laughs> you never know and That's it was true. the fact that I was so unable to do anything but how are you fine thank you you my baby stood up in the crib oh they thought okay her she's the one uh, that was a long answer that is so good oh. what a beautiful time to play a game it's time to talk to some audience members who have some questions, but they're just asking for a friend, but we know what that really means. Now if you got a crazy question that's embarrassing, you can listen yourself for a friend. Yes! Oh, that's so great. Rob Lewis, come wait one more time, honey. Now if you got a crazy question that's embarrassing, you can listen yourself for a friend. <laughs> so much paper, okay. Um, uh, Alicia R., where you at, honey? <sighs> What's your question, boo? For my friend, I'd like to know, how do you discipline 24-year-old sons? You're asking for a friend? <laughs> discipline 24-year-olds? Are they living in your house? One is. Ooh. Well, I, I just have one quick thought. Please. I mean, if they're in your home, your rules run the day. Damn, Aunt Lydia coming through. Right? <laughs> And so that gets laid out quickly. If you wish to live here, this is what is expected of you. And if you don't want to, there's the door. Yeah, get a contract. I mean, seriously, it sounds harsh, but it's your home or your friend's home. Also. Uh, And I I think kids can be very confused about that. Yeah. Once they're paying the bills and once they're, uh, no one's saying, honey, I know life is tough. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. My stepmom actually did try to make me sign a contract. (gasps) Oh. Because I lived with her after college. And Is she her was... name Lydia? No. Oh, honey, Lydia's the nicest person in the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because I was, I was staying there because I had no direct after-college plan. And, uh, and I was like, let me just work at Starbucks and, uh, and just try to figure out what, what my next move is. And, she, and eventually she was like, um, I want you to start paying rent let's make a contract about like what the terms are, this and that. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to leave. So I left. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good that she did that because then it motivated me to move to New York. I was like, if I'm going to be paying for a place to live, I'm going to You're have my, my own. own place. Yeah, Damn. so I did that. That's good. Tell your friend that. <laughs> Nathan G, where you at, motherfucking Nathan G? Where's Nathan G? Okay, excellent. It's a little lower stakes of a question. But um, if you ask for a cup of water at a fast food joint like Chipotle, is it okay to fill it up with soda? Yes. No. Yes. Who gives no. a shit? They don't give a shit. It costs them no money. Who cares? No yes, rules. Take the this soda. is why we have rules. Oh, my God. Am I Aunt Lydia now? <laughs> You're doing very well. Uh, <laughs> no, roll. You, what's wrong with you, or your friend? Um. Yeah, Rob. What say you? You just can't fill the cup up. Just get a little. Oh my God! Please give it up for Shashir and Anne. Rob. Wow. Rob. I learned so much tonight, Robert. 
Ah, oh, like I truly just, uh, this feels like summer school with all the information. I mean, I learned that I never want to go on an audition and hold a baby. I learned that the person you look up to, this person that's your idol, still goes through the same shit that you go through. Isn't that some shit? I mean, my heart is so full. I feel like I have the luckiest life, honestly. My couch is just so full of knowledge and Ikea pillows. What can I say? I mean, in the meantime, in between time, I'm Michelle Buteau, this is Rob Lewis, and this has been Late Night Wedding! Late Night Whenever is brought to you by WNYC Studios. This podcast is produced by Joanna Solitareff, Paula Schumann, Jennifer Sendro, Daniel Guimet, Adam Teicholtz, Jamie York, and Marianne Schauberg, with Isaac Jones, Chase Colpin, Sarah Sambach, Caroline English, and Melissa Chusid. Music by Rob Lewis. Add music by Isaac Jones. Follow us on Facebook for behind-the-scene videos, tickets for upcoming shows, and Moz. That's Spanish for more. Next time I'll say it like more Despacito. And don't forget to subscribe to Late Night Whenever, wherever you get your podcasts. You dirty motherfucker. (sighs) Sorry about that. I just had to get that out. Sometimes feelings are like gas. You got to get it out and you feel so, so much better. And sometimes they smell. The feelings, not the gas.